Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless. And welcome back for another episode of Wade for Wireless with all your wireless updates, news, and information. Just sit back and relax. Did you ever wonder what the IoT protocols will look like? Sure, we have a lot of uses for IoT, like drone control, automobile control, smart cities for checking out meters, lights, traffic control, video to automatically control the traffic lights. But were you ever curious about what the protocols were? Is it really just going to go all on the LTE system? Well, today... I'm here to talk about that, and that's what I want to go over, just some protocols. But first, I want to thank you for tuning in. I want to thank you for listening, and I really do appreciate you following me. Thank you. I want to thank Tower Tracker Pro for all your closeout package needs. For you guys doing tower work out there, or maybe even small cell work, you can get your closeout packages done in this simple package where you just go out. It tells you what pictures to take, tells you all the steps to take. Someone can check it at the office before they leave the site, and bam done. Right the first time, right in one visit. Also, Tower Safety and Instruction. Kathy runs a fine school in Arizona, which is a state accredited school known for its tower safety training, also for its OSHA training, and also for any safety and tower rigging training. So she's at a crane yard too, so she also works with the crane guys, but it's pretty good training. TowerSafety.com, all one word, TowerSafety.com. And she also has drone training, which she teamed up with on-man aerial experts to get the drone training in. And I also have my newsletter, which I have to sign up in Wade for Wireless. Wade, W-A-D-E, the number four wireless. Wade, the number four wireless.com. Go to wadeforwireless.com and you can sign up for my newsletter. But what would make it easy if you just subscribe to this iTunes or this Stitcher, however you're listening to this, just subscribe to it. That way you get it every week. I have the wireless deployment handbook, which I put together because many of you were asking me about deployments for small cells, CRAN and DAS. So I put together a quick handbook, which you can get over. And that's also available, the links at wadeforwireless.com. And it's available in Kindle, PDF, several formats just for you. All right, so let's talk about IoT. First thing I want to talk about is what protocols are there? Well, let me mention, there's another good podcast called the IoT Podcast. It's literally found at iotpodcast.com. Stacy Higginbaum and Kevin Toffel, they have this podcast where they talk about IoT for the home. It's, it's not industrial IoT, at least most of it's not. Now and then they interview people that do things like that, like vehicles and so on. But I thought you would like it because IoT is in the home. You have your smart thermostats, you have smart light bulbs, smart switches, and these guys take it to the extreme. Like they have everything in their house that's smart right now, which is pretty cool. Plus they have the hubs, they understand what it takes, and they talk a lot about what people are looking for when they talk about smart homes. And the other thing I like about it, they talk about how easy it is to install in your house. It ain't cheap. Like, you'll pay, spend a couple hundred bucks, maybe a thousand bucks, list price. But it's very interesting. But let's talk about industrial IoT and the IoT networks that are going to be out there for the smart cities, for the automobiles, for the drone control, and also for meter reading, utilities, and there's a lot more to it than just that stuff that we all read about. Like, we all hear about smart cities. Well, what is a smart city? I'll get into that in another episode. But right now, let's talk about the connected equipment. I have a link to a video in my blog where Cat actually has some big trucks that are automated. They're testing that, and they've been testing that since about January, December, January. Now, those work over LTE because they need broadband, but the trucks are these heavy-duty, big trucks, and it's pretty cool to see because they use them actually for um, 
moving dirt, moving heavy equipment, and they want to get it to the point where they don't need a driver in there. Although now they still have a driver in there for safety reasons because it's new. IoT can control almost anything you want it to when it's done right. And that's the whole plan here. You got to think about there's several alarm companies out there that do this now. Even Comcast has a system where you can check your video. I think you can control the thermostat in your house. You know, they put a hub in. You can tell if someone's entered. I mean, think of what the alarm companies do and they can do everything remotely. Now, they mostly do it over a phone line. But they do have wireless backup, and many of them are probably using wireless nowadays. I haven't looked into it. But they could be using Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, Zigbee, Z-Wave. And just think how easy it is when you can put this stuff in without having to wire it up. If it's all in Wi-Fi, which most of us have in our homes now, right? It works very easy, very quickly. There's a lot of protocols that we can do this. So for the deployment teams to install the equipment, they should be able to connect to everything inside or outside wirelessly. So when you build it, it's going to have to be dense. Like I said, cats controlling heavy equipment at mines. I mean, how cool is that? Imagine when all the vehicles will be controlled, and that's where it's headed. You know, you have Uber testing it, you had Google testing it, everyone's testing it. Now, indoors is another story because residential, you know, it's mostly Wi-Fi. I mean, what? or they're going to put a hub in there. They're going to put a hub in there with something like Zigbee or Z-Wave, and it's going to connect to Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is going to be the backhaul choice because it's easy, I would imagine. I'm just going to go over a quick overview of IoT protocols. You have Wi-Fi Halo. Now, you have regular Wi-Fi. We all know that. But the Wi-Fi allowance came out with Halo. H-A-L-O-W. The indoor Wi-Fi format for IoT, which uses 900 megahertz. Now, the purpose of this uh, is better battery life. 900 megahertz has less spectrum which is what it uses. But let's remember that most devices, very short messages, they don't need any more than that. The other thing is, this is supposed to give it super long battery life, especially on Wi-Fi. And the purpose of this is, it only wakes a device up when it needs to. So the reason it's on 900 megahertz is because your Wi-Fi router in your home doesn't have 900 megahertz. It probably uses 2.4 gigahertz and 5.8 gigahertz. So there you go problem solved. Suddenly, it makes sense that they have this in that particular spectrum. You know what I'm saying? So you know Wi-Fi, so there you got the idea on the Halo. We have Bluetooth. You know what Bluetooth is, right? There are range issues, connectivity issues, a lot of issues with Bluetooth. Battery life is an issue. You're not going to run something on Bluetooth for very long, okay? So what else do we have? We have Bluetooth Smart. Yeah, Bluetooth came out with a low energy way to communicate as well for IoT connections. Peer-to-peer, -peer, short range, 2.4 gigahertz. It just has a longer battery life. I don't know a lot about it. It doesn't, doesn't, I mean, I could be in the dark here. I don't read a lot about it lately, so I don't know if it's not catching on or what the story is. But then we also have Z-Wave. Now, Z-Wave, outdoor, indoor, very popular. Proprietary protocol owned by Sigma Systems. 40 kilobits per second, 9.6 kilobits, and 100 kilobits up to four hops. When we say hops, it has like a mesh system. So what a mesh system is, when we say mesh, it's something that will repeat traffic, like, a, like an extender. You know, it would be like a... Wi-Fi extender, whatever format, cell extender, whatever format you need. So what it would do, in theory, you'd want it to talk to the local people, you know, your local devices. Then what it would do is it would receive traffic from a distant unit and repeat it back to a unit that has a connection to a backhaul. That's what you want it to do. Now, mesh was very popular for years, but it has a lot of limitations. One, for instance, when it has a lot of backhaul, that sucks up a lot of processor power, bandwidth, and so on. Suddenly, all your local people 
They don't get anything that's great. So it's very limited on how many mesh systems, I shouldn't say it like that, how many devices you can backhaul to. Because in the old days when they built these mesh systems, they thought, oh, this is great. Well, pretty soon they had eight hops from the backhaul. Well, eight hops, each one sucking down more and more bandwidth, plus trying to talk to the local traffic, plus trying to repeat, not only receive what he's hearing from the far end, but repeat it and send it back to the end with the backhaul. So that's why... It was never really, really popular because most people want to have a backhaul to site. And it, I would compare it to an extender, old types of DAS, you know, they would repeat traffic, but they were just really repeaters. But with a mesh system, that's how it works. Not only do you want it to talk to the local traffic, you want it to receive from the far end and send it back to the end with a backhaul or unless you have the backhaul. But the whole idea is it, it acts as a repeater. Okay, as for distance, it's good for up to 40 meters. 40 meters for those of you in the US, 120 feet, a little over that. And it's at 908.42 megahertz in the US, using about 20 kilohertz to 110 kilohertz of bandwidth. So that's, you know, very narrow, very easy to work with. It's another protocol. You have another one for indoor called Thread. Thread. Type of indoor low power mesh network the devices used. It's made by Nest. And Nest basically has a lot of indoor equipment that you can get uh, for the home. So that's basically in home. They have their own equipment and it's on 802.15.4 format. Look it up. That's all I'm going to say. Zigbee, indoor format, mesh, 802.15.4, again, open standard. It's an open standard if you join the Zigbee Alliance. In this mesh network, it's normally 10 to 30 nodes in theory. It could go up to 2,000 nodes, but the reality is you probably wouldn't want to go over 30. I don't think they tested much over 30. 20 uh, kilobits per second in the 868 megahertz band, 40 kilobits per second in the 950 megahertz band, 915, 915, sorry, 250 kilobits per second in the 2.4 gigahertz band, less than 400 meter range, okay? Longer range lowers the battery life, which it makes sense, right? Because the longer the range, it takes a lot more battery to communicate, and they know that, you know, they're talking to each other. Another one you have is DECT, U-L-E, decked UL. Now, indoor format, U-L-E stands for ultra low energy, okay? D-E-C-T stands for Digital Enhanced Cordless Telecommunications Protocol. Less than 50 meter range, up to a megabit per second, up to 400 devices on the network. And it uses, in the USA and Canada, it uses 1920 to 1930 megahertz, 1920 to 1930 megahertz. Okay, the next one you have is Sigfox UNB, which is an outdoor format. Sigfox UNB Ultra Narrow Band. It's a 3GPP GRAN GERAN. Average range is 30 to 50 kilometers. Now that's kilometers, that's pretty far. 30 to 50 kilometers, depending on line of sight. 928 megahertz in the USA, 150 milliwatts units in the USA used in older book devices. So that's used in older devices. It seems like it caught on. I don't know. I don't read much about that anymore either. 
sort of curious what what that would be used for. So I but Sigfox is a very popular format used here in the US. Okay, then you have Semtex LoRa, long range outdoor protocol, open source, star topology. When we say star, one device to many, okay? You have a hub. No upper limit on devices, 300 bits per second at long range, typically 1 kilobit per second, 2 to 5 kilo, kilometer range. 80 megahertz to 125 kilohertz of bandwidth. Low power sensors can be used in streetlights, gas cylinders, level sensor, parking sensors, etc. Okay, pretty straightforward. Then you have LTE. We all know what LTE is. If you're listening to this, you know what LTE is. Now, those are just some of the formats. I know this was a long, boring, well, not long, actually a short, boring podcast. I just want to go over the protocols for you. I don't know how interested you are, but it was just basically to give you guys some ideas of what's available out there to let you know that there are things out there. There are protocols out there that are specified for indoor and outdoor. That was the goal of this. All right, everyone, be smart, be safe, pay attention. And remember, subscribe to the podcast. I have the wireless deployment handbook. It's available at wadeforwireless.com. And if you're in the wireless industry and you're wondering what charity to give to, I have two that are very near and dear to my heart that actually give money to the tower climbers that are injured or the families of the fallen tower climbers that die in this industry each year. That's right. We lose tower climbers each year. Specifically this year, I think we lost four or five. Not sure what the exact count is, but we'd lose them not only on towers. They do fall from towers. That does happen. But they also die in car crashes. They die in a lot of work-related accidents. So what I wanted to do is bring light to this with two foundations. There's the Hubble Foundation, H-U-B-B-L-E Foundation, HubbleFoundation.org, O-R-G, org. And if you can give to them, they reach out to help the uh, families of the fallen And there's also the Tower Family Foundation. And their website is towerfamilyfoundation.org. And I highly recommend that if you give in the wireless industry, it's a charity. You can write it off. Do what you can. HubbleFoundation.org, towerfamilyfoundation.org. And like I said... You can subscribe to my newsletter, which lately I've just been putting out my blogs for my newsletter. I've been pretty busy. I have a couple different jobs here. And uh, the wireless deployment ebook, I did it just for you guys. Small cell CRAN and DAS is what mostly it covers, but it really covers carrier end-to-end deployment. I'm coming out with a few new ebooks. It's just taking me a long time to put them together. I try to get stuff together for you, but it's coming out. And I do have the wireless deployment package, which covers a lot of my different products. For instance, I wrote an ebook on tower climbing and introduction. I wrote an ebook on the scope of work. I have an audio book for the tower climbing book. I also have the tower workers logbook, which I think any work you do in the field, you should log just to keep track of what you're doing. I would recommend keeping track of your hours and who you work with and what you're working on because you may need it six months to a year down the road. Because sometimes in this industry, it takes a long time to close anything out. All right, everybody, be smart. Be safe and pay attention. See ya. Mm-hmm.